Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Fresh off of a UFC Vegas 77, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. We have done 77 of these fucking events in the Apex in front of 25 people. And we did another one this past Saturday. It wasn't a horrible one, but it was not a great one. Uh, it was headlined by Holly Holm and Myra Buena Silva. And we are here to get into everything that happened, all 13 fights. My name is Matt McSweeney. Like I said, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. I'm here with Tiger Pomentai. How are you feeling today? Pretty good. I was woken up at like <clears throat> 9 a.m., huge monsoon. I wake up again at like 11, and it's, you know, sunny. Sunny and all beautiful, so. Welcome. I say this every week because, you know, the uh, bipolarness of the Florida weather is kind of similar to my betting history. Very uh, up and down. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, t- I got hammered this weekend. Uh, not uh, Not getting drunk. I got hammered in my bank account. Uh, my betting account, I should say, because... I took some horrific L's that I am going to go through uh, on this, where I thought I definitely could have at least ended up uh, even, if not more. But some of these just did not go my way, and uh, we are here to get into it. Thank God I didn't bet the main event, but that is what we are first going to talk about. Holly Holm, Myra Buena Silva. Uh, we we kind of said it beforehand. We didn't know what uh, you know, like what version of a Holly Holm, what version of Myra Buena Silva was going to show up. We didn't trust either women. Standing Ninja Choke is the official uh, listing on here for Myra Buena Silva getting a huge, biggest victory of her career against Holly Holm. And hopefully uh, the th- that this means we never have to see Holly Holm in a main event ever again. But I am not so sure that that uh, is going to be the case. But uh, honestly, who knows? It is a big win for Myra Buena Silva. But I, I-, I got to be honest, I, I just left this like uh, really feeling nothing. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is it's a fresh face, it's a fresh name for a division that, I mean, you know, it's hardly a division. People are talking about Ronda coming back. That's how, you know, pathetic this division is. Um, I don't know. It, it, like, I, like I said, it's good. It's kind of good. It's just what really changes. What's It's still very up in the air. It's still, you know, who's next? Who's this? Who's that? Like, I think Norma should probably be the runner. I, honestly, what they should do is, and it seems like there's some uh, bad blood between. Did I say Norma? I think I did say Norma. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad blood between Myra and Juliana Pena. I think Juliana Pena just, you know, she she's just like a, a chihuahua, right? She just keeps going and going and going until somebody notices her. Um, and maybe she just hates Brazilians. Honestly, it could be, you know, um, it could be true because she was talking about Amanda's scared of me and this and that. It is good. In the sense that a Brazilian left in Amanda, now Brazilians kind of you know trying to uh, save or uh, revive the division in Myra Bueno Silva. And she, I mean, she's a tough, she's a tough uh, opponent because she's just so powerful. Like her, nin- her standing ninja choke, man, that, that can't be easy to just to lock in and, and submit somebody that quickly, you know. And um, she also has super, super good power, like something you don't really see that often. Like Holly will you know pick and prod and poke and and move around, but. Uh, I don't know if you noticed her right eye was kind of getting busted open. 
just from a couple of those big left hands from Meyer yeah. Bueno. So Bueno, uh, it's funny. Yeah, her whole career, I thought she was, yeah, I thought she was Buena, like literally her whole career. So uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. I have the Derek Cleary, Derek Clearly effect that Bruce Buffer struggles with. But um, I think that's the fight to make. I don't know what else you even consider. You know, there, there's kind of some bad blood there. I mean, is, I guess you can market her in whatever way you want to. There's just nobody else. I mean, Raquel Pennington, no. Ketlin Vieira, no. Whoa. Holly Holmes still in the top five. No Raquel Pennington for you? Yeah, I mean, she can be on deck. You can give her to, you know, a Renee Aldana or something. I don't know. I think Ketlin Vieira is fighting Panny Kianzad. Is that a thing? I could be wrong. Um, I'm not too sure about that, but like, you know, they're Listen talking to about what Misha you just Tain. said though, real quick. I like, mean, you know, people are talking about Misha Tate <laughs> running it back with Holly in the winter. I was like, all right, I don't think that's, you know, I mean, Chelsea Chandler's ranked in this division. She's ranked. She's 15th. So what, like I said, I don't know what you do. Maybe you get some girls to move up from 125. Um, we talk uh, about know. this so many times, man, where we just been like uh, we try to figure out what to do at these upper weight classes of these women's yeah. divisions and really though, what can you do uh, other than it, just they they have to get lucky and find somebody that can hold the torch the way that uh, Amanda did. But no, there's nobody I really think, in sight. I think an outside chance would be um Valentina if she lost to Grasso in the rematch. But that's I don't think she's going to, man. Like beating her twice in a row, it's gonna be tough unless she takes a, you know, Another steep little fall off. Fall off. Uh, I think she can move up, and then I don't see how she couldn't, you know, run rampant through 135 the way it's shaped up. Now, I mean, imagine her and Juliana Pena, you know. Um, yeah. So that could that could be an option if Erin Blanchfield wants to move up. I don't see why she would, because you know she's pretty much the future of that division. But that could be an option if somebody in the 140, like if Norma could stay at 135. The problem is I don't think she can, man. I mean, look at her lower body. You know, like she's. She's thick. She's got some big legs. She's she's just a big girl. She's tall. Like I don't think she can make one thirty five. If she could, she'd be up there for sure. I, I know she's ranked there, but yeah, man, a lot of one thirty five is, is you know girls from up and below that are just kind of in between. It's it's a really weird place. But Meyer Bueno Silva made a nice nice statement. Standing ninja choke. If you were bet on Holly Holm like I did, she was like the the last one. On multiple parlays, and she just uh, she won the first round, but at the end of the first round, she started getting hit a little bit, put against the fence, and uh, yeah, I mean, she's forty one, man. You know what do you expect? She's gonna fall off, and I don't know if you saw the video of her walking into the arena. She it looked like um, looked like they were taking it to get executed, man. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like when Megan Anderson walked walked in when she was supposed to fight Amanda. I was like, oh man, I don't want to be here. I shouldn't be here. How do I leave? And um, that's just that's you know. It's terrifying. She can probably still fight and win some fights, you know, in this division, which is just kind of sad. But uh, I really, really hope we're done seeing her main event in main events. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they ran it back with her and you know Misha Tate. <laughs> like that's that's a rematch. Honestly, they would not dying, be surprised at all. Dying to make a rematch in that fight for so long, and now that both women are in their fifties, sixties, even. Oh come on. Um. I don't know. Just uh, who cares? Just be honest. Who cares? Like yeah. really? Who gives a shit about any of this? I, I, I do like Myra. I I think she's a, a bit marketable, right? Uh, she's Brazilian. a little bit. She's a Brazilian. She's she's not bad looking. Again, that helps in ways as it shouldn't, but it does. She's Brazilian. She can kind of carry the crown from the previous Brazilian champion. Um, she has a bit of a 
whatever. He, I don't even know where this Juliana Pena beef came from. Again, Juliana Pena just, you know. You, we would all have beef with Juliana Pena if we were in the same profession. <laughs> I have beef with her. Yeah, like I, she pisses um, me off, man. But, yeah, there's just, you know, not really much else to say. It was just a good performance by Myra. And I will say, um, she's 31. She's won, what, five in a row? Or four in a row, I'm sorry. Uh, and she's starting to get him done three finishes in a row. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, her you can look at her losses. The Marina Marone's loss was kind of, I don't want to say a fluke, but it was a while ago. And the Manon Fioro loss was... Uh, that was tough, man. Manon Fioro is pretty solid. and um, I think she was down at 125. So, you know, Myra's in her good weight class, in her weight class, her actual weight class. And, um, yeah, I mean, a knee bar, an arm bar, and a standing ninja choke back to back to back. That's tough, man. That's really tough. Like, those are not the easiest submissions to, to, to get off, you know. So, good for her, you know. Love all competitions week, but what are you going to do? Hey, man, she slipped that shit in very quick, easily. Last time Amanda Nunes got finished was a, I believe, uh, a loss to Amanda Nunes when she took that head kick. So yeah. it's not exactly an easy feat, although, you know, I mean, Amanda, or I'm sorry, Holly Holm is very old now. Uh, I just, I always was curious or wondered why she chose to implement the strategies that she always did, uh, you know, no matter the opponent, like, it felt like if you would have just stayed at kickboxing sort of uh, like outside range and just tagged up Myra Buena Silva, you would have been fine. Uh, and it seemed like she was having success in that department for the most part. But then it just like I guess she just tried. She decided not to do that. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get it at all. I didn't understand it. And it kind of she just does that nothing strategy where she leans you up against the fence. And just does what? Like, nothing, right? Like, I, I don't know. It, it's just... It, it's a, a lot of clinch work, a lot of just trying to get, like, gas you out, and then she just got caught, like, kind of resting her head up against her and got put in that ninja choke. It, it, she got what she deserved, to be honest, and, and that is pretty much all I have to say about this. I don't really care what they do at 35 with the title. I know they're going to do... Raquel Pennington's going to be involved in this somehow, and that's the most disgusting part. Is that she is gonna? She could be wearing UFC gold soon, and that that is horrible. Uh, Juliana Pena. Right. Like, now these women that are at the top of this thirty-five division are—it's disgusting. Like you said, I mean, our only hope is uh, little, little Mini Nunez making a run, and she's number fourteen. We haven't seen her in a minute, so who knows yeah, what Ann's gonna what's, do? What's next with her? I'm 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 all here for that. Uh, we need that badly. I need that like I need air. But uh, listen, Amanda Nunez is still the featherweight champion, by the way. I, I, that's very interesting. Uh, there's no one, sure. in, no one in the rankings, but she is still the featherweight champion. So that is that. That was uh, Holly Holm. Uh, she didn't retire though, so she's not done. Ugh. Which you know could have been good for everyone, but uh, yeah, that's just uh, not not a good look. Speaking of not a good look, Jack Della Maddalena, man. Now. I don't like to necessarily hold it against these guys when they're late replacements or whatever, and it's you know a change in a fighter, so your preparation is a little different. But I, to be honest, the preparation for uh, Mr. Hafaez and the preparation for Sean Brady would be somewhat similar. Am I am I uh, incorrect in saying that? I mean, they're Man. both black belt Ooh. wrestlers, sort of guys. But listen, Jack Della Maddalena has been. Not necessarily exposed, but uh, he has some serious holes in his game. And not only is it resulting in, uh, you know, getting taken down a lot and his takedown defense is kind of shoddy, 
it is more of just an IQ sort of strategy-wise where I don't understand why the guys like him continue to go for these, like, uh, fucking... I just knocked something down. I don't know what that was, but... <laughs> I thought that was me, because I... No, literally, I was like, wait, what was that? And then something just hit my foot, but, uh... <laughs> no, I don't understand why guys like him keep going for guillotines as, like, a result of a, of a like, a, to... Instead of, you know, actually yeah. shooting the, like, the underhooks and trying to actually defend the takedown, you just try to guillotine a black belt like he's not expecting to this or he doesn't know what to do when he's put in a situation like this. It just seems like a uh, overestimation of your own skill. It just I don't know, man. It's kind of dumb. It always has been in my mind. Very but, dumb. Uh, His corner was imploring, begging, pleading with him, stop jumping, and he did it again. DC, DC said it best. Like that's how you can tell somebody is pretty green when they jump guillotine. And it's true. I mean, Jose Alvarez jumps guillotine all the time. The difference with Jose Alvarez is. He's long and he's got that jujitsu background. He's got, you know, he's, he's very comfortable doing that. Jack Della Maddalena, I don't know if he thinks he's comfortable, but like, <laughs> you, you know, again, like you said, against a black belt, it's just, I mean, Hafez did the same thing every time. Jump to the side, boom, now you're on top and getting and, into side um, control. Like it was like he was, it was like a, like a rinse and repeat. I saw a lot of people saying that, uh, and Najee said this on Twitter. I saw that. Shout out Najee, but, uh, Shout out Naj, my boy. Uh, I don't think that Hafez won the fight. I, I, I don't. I really don't think that. I, I think he may like he won definitely won moments, and I think he won a round. I just yeah. I mean, I thought he started to, towards the second and third. I know he'd spent some time on top, but it was another situation of where he really wasn't doing much while being on top. wasn't going for any submissions, or he was just kind of being on top. And then eventually, uh, JDM would get up and start like you know beating him up on the feet. But I wouldn't. Have, it's not like a it would have been like robbery. If uh, JDM had lost that fight, because he invited a, a situation where a split was uh, was a possibility, he did. The, the problem is, like I thought, the second, like I know he he was getting some takedowns and stuff. Like, let's see how much control he had in the second and third round. Like he was doing okay in the second. The problem I had was if you look at the striking disparity, like he was he was getting outstruck pretty clearly in the second and third. I mean, Jack Della Maddalena outstruck him significant strikes twenty seven sixteen. Uh, in the second, sixty-two percent to twenty-eight percent. Yeah, like, and you could see how fast he was, right? And even in the third, Jack Della got a takedown. He had almost as much control as Hafez. The second round is where a lot of people still gave it to Hafez. I did not. I did not. Uh, I know he had a, had some control, but <clears throat> what was he doing with that control? What was happening when they weren't on the ground? He was getting struck. He was getting hit a lot. Uh, he was landing big shots, but that's all he was kind of doing. You know what I mean? He was just throwing those big big counters and it was kind of working like he was hitting Jack Della for sure and <clears throat> I think Jack Della does as, as as weak as he is on the ground or I guess as big of a weakness his ground game is <clears throat> I know he has that submission over Randy Brown but you know let's, let's be honest he pretty much knocked him out um I think he leaves a lot to be desired in the striking a little, not a lot just a little bit a little bit I, I love his combos I love his combos I love his body work but man he just kind of stays in there he stays around and like you said Gets hit. You know, Basile Hafez was not, not, uh, you know, this knockout artist. He was, he came in here as like a, a replacement for Josiah Harrell, and he was pretty much a bigger version of Josiah Harrell, a grappler, a jiu-jitsu guy. And honestly, dude, the fact that he went all 15 minutes is crazy. I remember so many people were like, yeah, I mean, he, if he doesn't get the first round sub, he's done. And, uh, you know, when, when I watched him fight before, he was pretty much first round or bust. Like, he would just get so tired after after the first, but man, he really hung in there and he did really good for himself. I mean, 
He's going to get another fight. He's going to get a couple more fights. He should. And um, three, three of twenty on the takedown. So Jack Della, you know, he, he stuffed a lot of them, but it, it was it wasn't about uh, the accuracy of takedowns. Uh, Hafez. I feel like a lot of his takedowns aren't measured. Like I feel like because because he was going for Geats. Like I felt like more than that, right? Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know yeah. how they do the numbers, but it just felt like you know maybe. I don't know, man. I, that number's that number doesn't seem right to me. It seemed like he was going down more than like a couple times around in, in one, a couple of those rounds, five or six times. It felt like he got taken down. Yeah, but. first round he definitely got taken down three times, and then the, he didn't get taken down any other time. It says. I mean, I, I'm sure there's he was reversed in the third round, so he did end up. Uh, Basile ended up on top, so I guess that counts. But yeah, I mean, Hafez just going to the head, and uh, Jack Dello's mixing it up a little bit. Nice body shot. Um, he he's really good at the body, but yeah. Um, what, what, what did I want to, hold on. We always have to, uh, we always have to do our, um, judge watch, right? Yeah, of always course. Always have to Keep do. These, uh, fucking, oh, someone's got to hold these guys accountable, man. Somebody has to, that's what we're here for. Uh, I don't know if it was Chris Lee or Mr. Camillo had it 29, 28 for Hafez. Let's see. Yeah, it was Mr. Saudi Amato. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, when you have Chris Lee, Camillo, I like when, um, Joe Martinez just says their last names. Judge Lee, Camillo, Diamato. I think that's kind of funny. Clearly. Uh, better than Bruce Buffer, right? I, well, you know, no. <laughs> I'm not, I was just hoping you would keep going, but no, I mean, absolutely not. Uh, I do like Joe Martinez. So, All right, the first, fans. He's good. He's got a good voice, and, you know, he gets excited. The problem is nobody else really gets excited with him, but <laughs> hey, it's not his fault. Not his fault. He's trying. Um, the second round, given the second round, the Hafez, I just don't agree with it at all. I think that's just not, I think that's bad, but, um, it was close ish. Definitely a, a, a tough test. I think some, sometimes I think safe Saud said this the other day when he was addressing the, uh, Jeff Neal, Ian Gary <laughs> t-shirt debacle. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you see people are going around talking about that, <clears throat> that he was saying that, you know, short notice fights, it's tough on both guys, not just the guy sure. who's coming in, but. But, you know, you could be minus 10,000, but you're fighting somebody you don't even know what the fuck they're going to do. Like, that's got to be tough. So I kind of give Jack Della a pass. Like, I kind of give him. Also, he's 26 still, so he is pretty young. Um, he still has a lot of growing to do. I think he has potential, but this is tough, man. I mean, you know, if you put Sean Brady with him next fight, I- I'm taking Sean Brady. I'm taking Sean Brady 100%. Uh, I mean, the stand-up of Sean Brady's definitely is scary, you know, because he hits hard and he'll throw, but... He uh, he takes he takes a bit of a beating there, so we'll see. I mean, that, that would be, it would be a good it would be a good fight. I would be all for it, but um, I'm with we'll you see. on that though. Instinct right, tells you right now, like mm-hmm. I'm taking Sean Brady in, in a fight against those two. But uh, yeah, like I, I'm with you though on like giving him a pass in, in some respects because he didn't really know much about this guy. It kind of was a late replacement, and he's a young guy. And there is kind of a somewhat relatively easy fix. It's uh, let's stop jumping guillotine. How about that? Let's stop doing. It. I mean, I, I was I was in the I was in the bar screaming, and people were just like looking at me. I'm like, why? Well, I, I don't understand this. Like, uh, the round one TKO was cooked, but at this point, I was just like, well, I won't want this guy to like. Like, I, I don't know. It's like I, I just I'm not even a fan of his, but I don't want him to lose being stupid. Like, I'd like yeah. the guy to beat him. Like, I he was just <laughs> giving him over and over again these. It, it, guillotine like you're not going to finish the guillotine so you just end up on the bottom so like i don't it's a very risky risky maneuver it's something that you do to kind of you know either finish a fight or use it to get back up it's not something that you're going to against a black belt 
used to kind of finish a fight. It's not going to work. So it would have been nice if he used that as a way to get up, you know. Yeah. But he did not. He used it as a way to try to finish the fight. And let's be honest, dude. If you're not a black belt, <clears throat> or if your jujitsu game is not that advanced, and you're fighting somebody who's 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 is that guillotine is not going to work. It's just not going to work. No. So they know how to get they know how to get around that, you know. Um. So yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. But uh, that is a uh, a kind of a wake up call, I'd say, for Jack Della Maddalena. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's the best way it could have happened because he didn't take an L. And uh, you know, and Basile gets a, another, you know, gets a lot of shine on him, gets a lot of respect, and you get to see him fight again because he obviously has some skill and he obviously has some serious grappling and wrestling. So it's uh, can't wait to see that guy get back in there again. But how about Francisco Prado, man? We 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 were talking about him before this, man. This is a uh, this guy is a killer. He's what he's got. Six TKOs, six submissions, and he's 12-1. and one. He finishes every fight that he's ever won. So it, it's no joke. And uh, Otman Azaitar has, we ha- like we have said, kind of a fraud uh, in, in some respects. But it, that is not mm-hmm. the reason that he got uh, eliminated in this fight. He got hit with a crazy spinning, uh, spinning like elbow, back elbow sort of thing. And that wobbled him up against the fence. And Francisco Prado just... Uh, unloaded the tank on him while he was on the ground and the referee who I can't recall who it was at this time it was Chris Tungyoni uh got in there and had to stop it and get us that inside the distance that we would uh I would probably have not been able to afford McDonald's on the way home from watching the fight if this had not I'm just kidding but uh seriously uh yeah no good win for Francisco Prado just another I love watching this guy fight because he goes to finish fights man and he's always a good bet and you know he's twenty one, super super young, um, and he has late finishes. He has late. He has a von Faluchok in the third round. I, it it might have been a, against like you know a local uh, mechanic uh, cart cart pusher or uh, you know somebody that works at the local uh, Publix over there in Argentina. But it, it shows something. I honestly I don't think his cardio is bad. Like. I think that maybe a problem with him is he likes to brawl a little too much. You know, he gets himself in the trouble, but he's 21. Uh, I think the future is pretty high for him. Uh, again, we've talked about it before with Argentine, Argentinian fighters or just South American fighters in general. Very weak regional scene. So when they get here, it's kind of, you know, the, their first test is a very, very huge test. And usually they don't pass. Like they'll gas out after a couple minutes or they'll have a real big glaring weakness somewhere. I don't know where his weakness is. Maybe it's on the ground if you can control him or something, but. Dude, he he had he had Otman Azaitar bleeding from like every single part of his uh, head. Yeah. He so he had a, he had a cut that it looked like it was towards the it wasn't the back of the head but it was like the top slash bat like it's hard to explain. It wasn't the top of the head. It wasn't the back of the head. It was right in between. But dude, it was um it was right after he landed the spinning back elbow when he got on top. It was just a, little, a quick little elbow, and that thing was. Busted open. Like when Zaitar stood up after they stopped the fight, all I saw was the back of his head leaking blood. And I'm like, holy shit, did he get shot? Yeah. And his eye was cut. He had a cut between his nose. Like Prado was, was I mean, he dealt a lot of damage in a short period of time. I know it went for almost a full round, but uh, that went from zero to 100 real quick. So good win for him. Um, again, man, you always, it seems like we always get action out of these 155 fights. It doesn't have to be the best fighters like, you know, Sadikov and Terrence McKinney. Are they world beaters? Probably not, but they put on a pretty good show yeah. for uh, for the light, the lightweight division. Like, the lightweight division, just again, we like, always talk about it. Always, always, always talk about 
how skilled and how just good fights are at lightweight, you know? So, and there's a reason these guys were this high up on the card, you know, like right. they, they, they were, they were above some other people who have fought many more UFC fights than them. And they, you know, right. Rightfully so. I'd say. Absolutely. How about Jung Young Park getting, getting Albert Duraev out of there, him and his cool topology picture taking L here. Uh, I, I listen. I I think uh, Duraev looked good. He was the bigger guy uh, early on in the fight, but I mean, Jung Young Park is just kind of a solid guy in all aspects of uh, mixed martial arts, and he kind of just wore him down a little bit. Started to tag him with those jabs, and a lot of that shit started to add up. And you look, you, you kind of uh, predicted Duraev kind of just gasses out uh, once he starts taking a little bit of damage. Those takedowns don't work the way he expected them to. And eventually, later on in that second round, he gets uh, that rear naked choke, Jung Young Park does, and uh, you cash out that under. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I really wanted to take uh, Jung Young Park by sub, but I, I got scared because Darius has never been subbed, and he has uh, nine of his own. So yeah. I was like, oh, no way it happens. But when you get, and he got, he got dropped, right? He got, he got knocked so. down and a little ground and pound, but then he saw the sub, you know, the club and sub, if you will which is kind of hard to predict, kind of fluky, right? Any other time, he could have just pounded him out. Uh, pause. But, no, no pause. Um, yeah, he just, gasses, he just gasses out. It's just what happens. You know, Buckley took advantage in the second. Uh, Chidi was doing some good work late in that fight. Um, I think Roman Kopilov had some success in the third. Um, so, yeah, I mean, his fight before the Contender Series went the distance. He, he's just he, – he's 34. Like, I, I just – I don't think he's that good, man. You know, it's it sucks, but um, I'm with you. He's he's just a one round fighter, honestly. Yeah, he's just like a I don't know, like it could be UFC caliber, but he's really just on that like if he got cut, it would no one would really bat an eye, and no one would really no. even think about it. It's not really he's not really a consequential sort of guy in in the grand scheme of things. So it's tough for him. It's good for Jung Young Park. He's had put a couple of these good wins uh, in recent in recent uh, memory, I believe. Nice dance moves, right? Also. Four in a row, so three rear naked chokes in a row. Just you know, the ugly guy, the ugly man. He uh, took out recently, so uh, I'd like to see him against some uh, higher level of competition to see what we're really uh, looking at or what we're really up for against. Sure. Norma Dumont. Now, this was a fight. Well, we obviously big fans of Norma Dumont on the show, friend of the podcast. Uh, I the messaged first you. friend of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. The the very <laughs> first friend of the podcast. I messaged you uh, Friday. You sent me the uh, these two sparring a little bit uh, verbally at the uh, weigh-ins, and I wanted to take Norma Dumont uh, on the card. I really did. I just once I saw that, I was like, oh, this girl. Norma Dumont's usually never really like fired up like that. She kind of just walks in like a like a zombie and just kind of plods her way through a fight. This time, she came out. Uh, guns blazing against Chelsea Chandler and made her literally start sprinting around the octagon to uh, defend herself, which was a pretty fucking wild to watch. But it also worked. It also worked, and it also went 15 minutes, which is a disgrace for Norma Dumont, I would say, because Chelsea Chandler, like you kind of said, she's just not really that good. She really is just not like she. Yeah. I, I'm just not. Every time I watch, like, like you said, she's big. She doesn't really have any sort of discernible like. Uh, like big time skills. She does not really even she's like just a tough. Yeah, she's just that... tough. She's gritty. She doesn't really like have this elite grappling or this like uh, insane speed or like nothing, nothing. really. 
And Norma Dumont's kind of the same, but Norma Dumont's just more refined, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, she can take you down and, and, and get on top of you. Um, she can hit you. She has pretty good boxing. It's just, like, very low output. You know, it's she has some skills. Uh, Chelsea Chandler has none, man. I mean, listen, when you're, you're, you're repping 209 and, and, and this and that, I'm out. I'm fully out, okay? Stockton, <laughs> I'm good. If you're from Stockton, I'm good. I'm not betting on you. I'm betting against you. Um, I don't like anything about Chelsea Chandler. I don't like her face. I don't like how she moves, how she, how she fight. I mean, dude, she moves. Oh, she just bothers me a lot watching her fight. Um, and like her fighting style is so, so, so bad. So bad. She just, she comes forward and when she comes forward, she doesn't, she doesn't ever land. And that's when she comes forward. She never comes forward. So it's like, you know, she gets taken down. She doesn't really get her own takedowns. I don't know, man. She's just, you know, she's probably somebody that doesn't need to be around here much longer. Uh, Norma Dumont, about nine minutes of control, three to three on takedowns, 61% of her strikes land it. You know, pretty much, I want to say flawless, but pretty much a flawless performance. She won every round. Uh, maybe, you know, she could have got her out of there possibly, but easier said than done. So, um, yeah, I mean, stock up for Norma. She's going to put herself right in that 135 pound uh, title of contention. If she can make 135, that's the big if. If she can't, I imagine she would go to somewhere else. And fight, but you know who knows. Or she could fight Ronda for the 145 title. Uh, that's also. Um, I'm here option. for it. Uh, listen, Ronda was on Monday Night Raw last night, and she sucked again uh, with her. <laughs> she's trying to give a promo. Nobody cares. Everybody's booing her. So she is on the that's way great. out there. It just depends on if she's ever going to fight again, which I really hope not for her sake that she doesn't. I would. I would be like interested and want to watch it, but. Uh, you know, for the for the spectacle part of it, not exactly the mixed martial arts part of it. But good win for Norma Dumont, uh, and that's pretty much all you can say about that one. How about Nazim Sadikov taking out Terrence McKinney, rear naked choke, only a minute into the second round. Terrence McKinney pretty much dominated the entire first round, you would say, right? I mean, he had the backpack, yeah. took him down. Uh, really reversed, just ha- had him. Yeah, he did get reversed towards the end, around like 40 seconds left in the round. Uh, then he tried to throw up some, you know, sort of triangles, and then he got flipped over, and then the round ended, and then the second round started, and it was uh, Sadikov kind of realized, like, I'm not going to let that happen again, and just kind of imposed Curtis. his will on Terrence McKinney, and like you said, Terrence McKinney, a five-minute guy, uh, didn't have much for him in that second round, got his, his arm, it looked like he had no, like, in the first round, he looked like a le- legit elite black belt, and then... Second round started, and he looked like a white belt, and he looked like he had no idea what he was doing. Gets his arm trapped in on the body triangle. That was, that was nasty. It was I nasty. can't imagine. Like, I don't see that often, no. right? So the fact that he had his arm literally like behind his back, um, like you know, like you would put your arms behind your back to get arrested. Like he had it, but he had it like tight, and he was, you know, he had it. Um, Sadikov's body was just on it. Like that had to hurt not only his neck but his left shoulder. Oh you yeah, know? like. As soon as he had it in, I think DC was like, oh, DC or Cruz. Also, I, I, I'm starting to love Dominic Cruz. I know. I know. I just, I'm starting to really, really come around. That's a DC big, is, that's a big turn for you though, because you used to be <laughs> like, I hate this guy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think you say, you know, he was still kind of early in the commentating game, dude. Again, we've talked about it before. That, that's probably so fucking hard to do. You know, you oh, slip 100%. up once and then you you just keep slipping up. He was like, oh yeah, there's nothing. He's gonna have to tap here, and he tapped right there. Um, so what did you think of – I know a lot of people are going to say the same thing. Oh, excuses, excuses, excuses. You lost. What do you think of Terrence McKinney going on Twitter afterwards and saying, listen, I get it. I lost. However, 
Sadikov was grabbing the cage, and Keith Peterson kept swatting his hands away, and that's it. But he kept doing it. I am with Terrence McKinney on this one personally. I, I'm all about like swatting somebody's fingers or toes out of the cage. But if they keep doing it, now you have to stop them. Now you have I to agree. stand them up because when you, when you swat when you swat away and then he goes back in, you don't. You're kind of helping. Like the ref's helping that fighter. He's helping the fighter keep that position because you're not doing anything. You're, you swat away and then he goes swat away. He goes right back. He's only controlling that position. By you doing that, yeah, it, it it only works if it works, right? Swatting away the fingers. That's at one point, or at some point, you got to just stand them up. I agree. You have to penalize these guys for breaking the rules. I think that's a it's a pretty simple thing that you would think, in theory, people would be like these referees would be able to understand. It. But uh, and like Keith Peterson, like he's one of the the you would say like it, close to a top five official in all mixed martial arts. Like he's very, he's very close to there, but like. Our guy, Jason Herzog, would not have let that happen. He would have stood them up immediately. Once nope. once you get one Absolutely slap, not. like get your hands out of the cage. You're warned in the back, man. It, it is pretty simple. Like you, you they tell you, man, don't do this. You know those are the rules. And if you yeah. continually break them, unless a referee or somebody's going to step in and make them pay for breaking the rules, what is what is to stop you from continually breaking them? Nothing. That's the cat. The you're in a fight. Him. You're in a fight, right? Like you're not going to stop. Like you're you're fighting for your life. I'm not going to stop grabbing the cage until you make me. And yeah. no one makes them. Like a hand slap isn't going to do much. Herb Dean saying, "Get your hands out the cage." That's not going to do shit. Yeah. They're going to the keep doing. Keith Peterson. It. He do, he doesn't he doesn't talk much. He doesn't verbalize or vocalize anything. Um, like at all. He just it's it's the craziest thing ever. It's really the craziest thing ever. He doesn't you know. I don't know. Also, Terrence McKinney said he was the ref in the Dober fight. Um, I forget what the correlation there was, but... I guess he thought that uh, should have stopped. Terrence McKinney, not a fan of Keith Peterson. And, uh, you know, I mean, listen, he's he's getting some haters. Dominic Cruz is still up there, so... Um, yeah. but, I mean, but back to the fight, um, I think Sadikov did really well in that second round to adjust, listening to, to Ray Longo. Ray Longo, Matt Sarah, some of the uh, Ray Longo specifically. I don't know if Sarah goes to fights as much, but Ray Longo is great. One of the best coaches in the game, and uh, I mean, you could tell. I mean, what an adjustment uh, in the second round. And you know, I think early in the first, McKinney landed a nice straight left, but after that, he, you know, Sadikov. There wasn't much striking, but uh, Sadikov definitely dictated the pace, walked him down, took him down, and man, that was it. You know, that again, that that rear naked choke was nasty. So shout out to the Black Wolf. Shout out to the Black Wolf. Shout out to uh, Terrence McKinney because uh, I don't know if we're going to be seeing much of him anymore. I, I mean, I guess yeah, three just, or four, man. Yeah, like he might have one more max uh, at this UFC in the under the UFC banner. <laughs> Did you see uh, Daniel our boy Daniel uh, Lacerda is getting another fight? I feel like he's the only fighter to go own four, getting finished in all four, and get a fifth fight. <laughs> is he really? I, I guess he. If there's anybody that deserves it, it is. But it's just still kind of funny to me. He sure is exciting. It's just, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, and honestly, uh, back to, like, I, I don't really think that the, the, I mean, the fence grabbing is an impact, but I feel like Terrence McKinney was going to take that L uh, no For matter sure. what. It just seemed like yeah, it, the, it the tide turned once he didn't get that finish in the first round. I kind of knew once they got off the stool, I was like, oh, boy, like, I'm on the wrong side here. I thought I yeah. thought we had it in that <laughs> first round, and it's just, it, we're kind of cooked here. But <laughs> I know, man. Uh I yeah. know. I saw him with his back with like four minutes left in my guard, man. Just be easy. 
throw some shots, punch him a little bit, drop his hands. He just he couldn't do it. Like I just think he he was overmatched. I think the defense of Sadikov was was on point. Uh, the 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 mental uh, fortitude of Sadikov was on point. Like he didn't you know he didn't give he didn't give up at all. He said, "All right, I'm in a fuck position, but just just stay good, stay chill, get out of it, or wait for the round to end, and then I'm going to be on the offensive." And that's exactly what happened. So um, good on Nazim. Sadikov to get a, you know, hang in there under the pressure and uh, get the win. I guess he's what? He only has that one loss. It was his first career fight. So, yeah, 2 another in the UFC. I know he was losing to Evan Elder. I know he lost the first round to Terrence McKinney. But I think there's something you can build on with this kid. I think he has a good, a, a good mix of um, striking and grappling. How about Melsic? The gun. Bogdasarian getting a unanimous decision victory over Tucker Lutz. You had Lutz money line here. I had Tough. the uh, TKO. We both lose. So, uh, I guess always, it's exactly how mixed martial arts is supposed to be in betting the UFC is everyone loses their money, and only person that wins is the sports books. It's always how it goes somehow. But uh, what did you make of this one? I, I, it was just kind of played out how I thought. A lot of fire kicks and uh, shots for the body and stuff like that. But just uh, too outgunned, I would say, uh, not to use that. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I like that. With uh, t- uh, Tucker Lutz. Tucker Lutz a little too outgunned. Yeah. The gun against Top Gun. Um, I honestly thought Melsic won every round. Yeah, I, I guess maybe too. you give the first to Tucker Lutz. They all gave the first to Tucker Lutz. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, he, did, like, he didn't really do anything with his, uh, with his control time, with his takedowns. He was 3-9. He got a takedown in each round, and he had about two minutes of control in the first and third. Second round, he didn't control much. But he just, I mean, especially in the third round, he wasn't doing anything striking wise like he wasn't land he was getting outstruck easily those kicks were nasty he was throwing some of his own kicks that were pretty good but tucker lutz striking uh striking wise he's just a bit he's just a bit uh behind you know uh, i don't love melsic but i thought he was just the better fighter truly um better hands better kicks um yeah they played again, his game what, in this one again man uh, fighters that that are getting outstruck but get takedowns or get control time you need to you need to make uh the striking disparity less like you need the, 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 the judges score off a of striking and grappling, uh, effectiveness. That's the, that's what you look at. And it has to be dead even to go on to the next, um, what is it? Aggression or control time uh, or uh, cage control or aggression. That's, and when you're getting outstruck that easily, like you have to do something, you have to get an arm bar, come close or land an elbow. But you know what I mean? Like you have to do something. Yep. Tucker Lutz was not doing, he couldn't get past them. He don't like, I don't think it almost got stood up, but he was just kind of sitting in uh, his half guard and not moving it. He couldn't get, he couldn't really advance. He couldn't pass the legs. He couldn't do anything. So, uh, pretty good win for Melsic. I honestly, for some reason, thought he wasn't, gonna, you know, didn't really give him much of a chance to win this, even though he was the favorite. I just, I don't know. Tucker Lutz took a couple, took a couple years off, and uh, yeah, he didn't look great. Yeah, it's unfortunate because Tucker Lutz did have a lot of promise, I'd say behind him uh recently as recent as a couple years ago it's not like oh he's going to be the greatest ever but it was like you know he's a good younger fighter you know and greener in the game but when you're getting beat by guys like melsic who are younger and greener than you and uh just kind of playing their game is the thing like it seemed like tucker needed to either be throwing bombs or be taking him down and really just controlling him the whole fight he really was not even able to do that so just played out perfectly for Melsic. The gun gets it done. And uh, Victoria Dudikova gets a uh, injury win 
34 seconds, so I lose my submission bet off of Estella Nunez dislocating her elbow in gruesome, nasty was, fashion. Let me not. That was insane. Let me not be too selfish here because that was not good for Mrs. Miss Nunez. And uh, I mean, it's a. I really, I don't even want to say good win for Dudakova. It's just you know, kind of an <laughs> unfortunate situation. Takedown in the first 30 seconds uh, ends the fight uh, via her arm just getting caught in a weird spot and it getting bent the wrong way. Yeah, I will. You know, I will say in the first thirty seconds of the striking, Stella looked better, quicker, and more powerful. Not that there was anything that really landed that you'd be like, "Oh, oh you know what I mean?" Yeah. But just going off of what they threw and what landed, her her striking looked better. So you know, I wasn't maybe I maybe my bet probably loses nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten. But I will say I think there was at least a clear path for her. But I think you know if that if she didn't dislocate her elbow. I think she probably would have ended up on the ground. The way she got taken down and kind of spun was was a bit awkward. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you run this? Obviously, you don't run this back because Estelle has to get major, major elbow surgery. I mean, you heard her screaming. That was br- yeah, like I didn't was, see it at first like until the replay. Yeah. Um, and they showed the replay, and DC was like, "Do we really have to?" <laughs> I was like, "Honestly, yeah. I, I didn't see it. I want to see it. I'm a sick fuck, and I want to see her elbow snap." But. Yeah, it's a, it, it's just an unfortunate circumstance of these fights. Like kind of like you know the Weidman breaking his leg, Silva breaking his leg, Connor breaking his leg, and then the, you know these elbow sort of. I think it happened to Joe Pfeiffer on the Contender series. Joe Pfeiffer, yeah, yeah, with his elbow kind of just going. It was a Dustin Stoltzfus, right? I think so. Got kind of picked bum. them up and dropped them. Uh, Jamal Hill, I saw that replay recently of uh, his arm kind of getting bent in, in a you know wrong way off of an arm bar from Paul Craig. Uh, Paul Craig's fighting this weekend, I believe, right? Making Moving it mid- down. Middleweight debut. That's not going to go well. Let me just say that. Against Andre against Andre Moniz, too. I know Moniz coming off Ooh, a bit, you know, well, a tough loss, but... It's more of just uh, Paul Craig doesn't strength, take a shot well. Right, and that's, uh, you know, Paul Craig's biggest strength is now he's fighting a fucking world-renowned jiu-jitsu guy. You know what I mean? Like, sure, he can catch anybody, but that's, that's a very, you know, very, very tough matchup. If he was fighting Alan Amadovsky in his debut, I think, you know... We would know how that one would go. But. I'd be curious to see how that plays out, to be honest. No, truly. I don't know who's going to sleep first there. It's, uh, that could be a double knockout. I don't or know. is he going to sit in his guard and get caught in some dumb shit? That, like, that definitely could happen, too. But Right. Uh, how about Melky Zal? Costa. Getting it done against Austin Lingo. Kind of a lot of this played out on the feet, uh, it seemed. And Austin Lingo was just a step behind, taking taking some shots. Uh, Austin Lingo did his own thing a little bit here, but this really was just kind of a um, Costa just sort of uh, coasting. Masterclass. Yeah, like that's what it just seemed like. He really wasn't even getting pushed too much. Uh, he just had the upper hand the whole time. He was hurting him in the body over and over yeah. with those kicks, man. He looked really good. I'm really – I'm on board with Melky Zayel. Melky Zayel, right? Mel- Melky, He's something yeah. like that. Um, 26 years old. He's pretty big for featherweight, um, which is, I think, where they fought, right? Is this featherweight? Yeah, 145. Sometimes, that fucks me up, you know, beyond belief. Um, you know, the, the Moises fight, that's just, on short notice, did they fight up to at 155, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that, I just, I don't count that. I know I it's, hold you that can't do that, but. No, I, I'm um, with you on that. And he has a bunch of losses. On the regional scene, like he, you know, he's took, he's taken some tough fights. He's went through it. He's, I mean, he, he was like, 
you know, when you look at some of his losses, the guys are 10 and 1, 7 and 1, 8 and 2, 13 and 4, like 10 and 2. He wasn't fighting bums completely. So I think that's good. He's very young. He, I think he just has a really well rounded game. His kicks are nasty. He has some pretty good striking with his hands. He gets a good, he does a good job of getting out of the way. Austin Lingo just couldn't really hit him with anything. And Austin Lingo is good boxing. Uh, it's a little ugly. He's a little, like, you know, plotting forward, but, uh, Sal D'Amato, 10 8 in the third round. I don't know about that one, but, um, classic. You know, he has to, uh, mix it up a little bit, if you will. But no, I like Melky. I think he can do some, do some damage, make some noise at 145. I, um, I think he's a good athlete. I think he's got good, just a good all around game. I know we, we didn't see too, too much of his ground game here, but, uh, it's another strength of his. And, um, yeah, I'd like to see what he does going forward. Yeah, it's just I'm already on the I'm already sitting here looking at this next fight. Uh, Evan Elder, Gennaro Valdez. Uh, this was one that I thought for sure I was getting that inside the distance on. And uh, I mean, you, you kind of like Gennaro. He does not take a shot well. He he gets hit and he gets hurt, but he I mean that Mexican spirit. <laughs> he survived, man. And he you know he gets a unanimous decision loss to Evan Elder, who needed a win. Yeah, um, Adelaide Bird, she, she was the one in this fight. She got bored and said, I'm going to give you a 10-8 for the third round, um, which I also didn't agree with. I guess it was closer, yeah, but it wasn't that, you know. Uh, Evan Elder dominated the second round until he got dropped, right? So pretty good fight, honestly, pretty good back and forth. Uh, Evan Elder hurt him to start the first, second, and third round. So, you know... It seems like the guy has a glass chin, but then after the chin, after that you crack it, now it's like a solid chin. It's like, how the fuck does that happen? You know, bless you. Thank you. How does that work? You know, how do you go from having no chin to the best chin ever? I don't know. But either way, another lightweight fight, another, uh, you know, action packed fight, a lot of volume, a lot of, you know, a couple knockdowns. So good win for Evan Elder getting back on in the win column. I mean, you know, he's had some real, real tough luck. Fighting up against a big, already a big guy, a welterweight in Preston Parsons, and then uh, you know, beating a guy in Sadikov, you're up two rounds to oh, to, to zero, and then beginning of the third round, nasty, nasty cut ends the fight. So good again, good to see him get the win. Uh, I have a little bit, you know, some questions about Evan Elder, but uh, I believe he is fairly young. Yeah, he's twenty six, five. So there's definitely some work to be done, but uh, I do like his base, his base game. Yeah, no, nothing to uh, write home about necessarily, but he's uh, like you said, he's younger, and there's plenty of room for growth. Uh, shout, uh, talk about uh, room for growth, which we need it. Uh, Azat mocks him. Uh, he kind of got himself into a little bit of a close one here against Tyson Nam. Uh, do you agree with the decision here? I thought it was a very, very close fight, but uh, I mean, he got outstruck by a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, uh, I think Tyson Nam almost doubled him up in significant strikes, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, but Azat, you know, based off those takedowns, the control, he gets the uh, W. But uh, did you did you agree with this? Um, yeah, I think the second round was pretty close. That was probably the de- the uh, deciding round. I guess I'd have to. Yeah, I just rewatched it, but I guess I'd have to rewatch it again. I just it was just kind of like low out, low volume. Um, there Typical wasn't Tyson Nam too- fight. Yeah, and uh, honestly, a lot of what Tyson Nam did, I don't think it's like it should penalize you, but I just don't think it's as impressive. I think a lot of the reason why his strike total is so high is because he kept, you know, just pounding Azat's leg. Uh, he went to the leg uh, a whole lot, thirty-five and thirty-six, man. 
Um, his, yeah. his head strikes were just he just he very inaccurate. Not to say Azat is you know was picking him apart because he was not. Um, very weird fight, just very close, low low, low volume, but. Um, Brian Puccillo, never heard of him. He gave the fight to Tyson Nam. Um, I don't know. I don't have any uh, qualms here, if you will. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess also Tyson Nam, Ricky Simone, our cousins. Did not know that. Wow. Well, you you learn something new every day. It's uh, <laughs> truly that is the game of UFC. And I have uh, figured out though through watching this event. And uh, all the mistakes I've made in the past that I believe that in, in the Apex, man, I think the new my new system is just I'm going to bet every fight to go to decision because it seems like <laughs> the uh, first five did. So no, I mean, like, <laughs> no, seriously, like it seems like they, they are just more content to go to the decision in these in this environment. than it's kind of like no a crowd bigger. Ring. It plays out more like a sparring session. I know not like that, but like it's kind of a more intense sparring session. They just. You don't see a lot of like gruesome, gruesome finishes. Of course, they happen, but yeah. Uh, I mean, other than that, you. that crazy arm break, there there were a lot. Like the the first seven fights, you know, six of the first seven fights were all decisions, and yeah. then eventually we got to you know submission, submission. You know, there was only one real knockout the whole night. So it's yeah, it's something to uh, look out for. I would say in the future, and something to consider when going to Find the betting. Find that trend, window. baby. Let's do it. No, like, uh, and and the the environment it just le- leads to that because it's just when you're so, watching the fight, so you're like, dull. yeah, it's like watching a fight in a library. You're like, oh man. Uh, well, thankfully they're taking a month off ish to come back to the apex for uh, Vicente Luque, Rafael dos Anjos. We will be betting the over. Four and a half on that one, that's for sure. Well, um, I, I'll never bet a Luke over, though. I mean, uh, that guy. That's true. That's, that's true. five rounds for Luke to survive? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we'll have to. We got some time to think about that. I'll have to see. Also, but. that card is just, I mean, I'm looking at it. I just have, I just, I don't know, man. Let's hope they figure something out, man. But <laughs> Juliana Miller, Montserrat, Canejo, Ruiz, they're opening the card. Not, not each other. Those are the first two fights. That's, you know, that's. That's that's something that. When is that? In August. Something. August twelfth. JP Bays, Jamie Pickett. We're getting some real low level guys, but hey, we'll we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we can't uh, tax our brains too much to be thinking that far ahead. Yeah, I already do that enough. So, how about Alex Munoz with a unanimous decision victory? Uh, this one was kind of boring as well. Carl Deaton, really not much he could do. Alex Munoz was explosive. Uh, landed a couple like uh, like bomb left hands. Dropped him uh, in the third, I think. Yeah, right? he did or drop him. Uh, one of those rounds, it kind of they they all just mush yeah. together at this point. But because I this was one I had to go back and watch later that night because uh, I didn't watch the first two ones live. But uh, yeah, no, I mean it's a good win for Alex Munoz. The decision bet was a uh, one of my high quality bets of the night and uh, one of my only two wins I think of the <laughs> seven that I lost. I think seven or I got I got cooked. Let's just say that. But uh, good win for Alex Munoz. Yeah, good good fight, good win in his return. Uh, I think if you had the parlay special, I don't know if I gave it out, but uh, Perez Munoz parlay was just easy work. I mean, I don't think either of them even lost a round. I guess actually, Sal Diamato, he got a little bored. Second round, he gave the second round to Carl Deaton. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Bell had a 10 8 in the third round for Munoz. Uh, you know, again, these, these guys were just as bored as we were. Yeah, they had to be because some of that shit. You're just like, uh, okay, like we're, <laughs> you know, I don't I'm know where the fuck you saw that. Like, yeah. However, but, what the hell? So 
Yeah. It's like okay when it doesn't affect the fight, where it's like, all right, yeah, like what, whatever, man. Like you gave, but it's like, what if it came down to like, you know, the that that card, and you gave it to yeah. Carl Deaton because you were fucking bored. Uh, yeah. Or oh, well, I I liked his aggressiveness. It's okay. I liked his hair. Yeah, like okay, man. Like Carl Deaton's not horrible either. Like they, these guys, these are kind of like two guys that I'd like to see on random prelims. Like this is the kind of fighters sure. that I think they need more of. The one fifty five. 145, 135, where guys just come in ready to throw down, and it's sure. wasn't a crazy exciting, but it was just kind of uh, I don't know. I was intrigued, but Eileen Perez, one of your favorites. Uh, I can't oh, believe man. I really can't believe she didn't finish this fight. And, and honestly, I am kind of mad at her. She didn't really go for it for good portions of the fight, but I think yeah. she had tired herself out because she tried to kill her in the first round. And yeah. Ashley Evan Smith, you got to give her credit, man. She took a beating. And she did not quit when she could have. There was plenty of opportunities to quit in this fight. She did not. Uh, Eileen Perez gets a unanimous decision victory, but it does not cash out our plus 200 inside the distance. Yeah, I mean, she got fucking smoked, man. She got fucking dog walked. Uh, she's now 6-6, six and six, so uh, hopefully that's it for her. She is 3-6 and six in the UFC. How about that? Um, her three wins. <laughs> Beck Rawlings. There you uh, go. I believe, is she in the WWE or is she in BKFC? She's in BKFC. She's lost three in a row in BKFC, actually. Um, Veronica Macedo, when she was Veronica Macedo, who was just not good. And um, Marianne Renault, who was about 95 years old, maybe? Could be older. Um, yeah, that's her three wins. So Ashley Evan Smith, you know, she's. She had a W she against just, Fallon Fox yeah. back in the day. Don't forget that. I'd like you to. Oh, yeah. She was the first one. <laughs> She was the first one to expose Fallon Fox. Obviously, I don't know if anybody knows. The Queen of Swords. Queen of Swords. Uh, the Queen 47 of Swords. years old now. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure if she's the queen, queen or King of Swords. However, she did beat the absolute uh, life out of some chick. I remember she like broke her skull. Um, and then she fought Fallon, Ashley Evan Smith and got it. Fuck it. Steamrolled. But yeah, Eileen Perez, listen. There was multiple times. Ashley Evan Smith, I think, was thinking what a lot of the fans were thinking. Maybe not me or you, but a lot of the fans were thinking, hey, why don't we give her a nice oil check, right? I don't know if you yeah. saw Ashley Evan Smith had a nice, nice finger in the butt. Um, I mean, that happens in fighting. I don't think people realize that as much. It's just mainly the jokes. Uh, she had to hold on. She had to grab something, you know, and Eileen Perez has a lot of cheeks. Let's just say that there's a lot of lower body on Eileen Perez. And she likes to show you after her fight. With her extensive twerking, I'm here for it. I am here for. It. I'm not going to ever stop an Argentinian woman, uh, an Argentinian woman, from shaking her thing. All right. Um, but I will say though, uh, her wrestling, her her striking's gotten a little better. I don't know if this is the best fight to really, uh, you know, review that because Ashley Evan Smith is is not really giving you anything. Bad. Um, it'll be interesting to see if she fought that Haley Cowan chick. Because I don't think Haley Cowan, Cohen is uh, very good, but I think she kind of has similarities to Eileen Perez, where it's like kind of uh, you know, decent striking, but they're mainly uh, ground ground game is what they both do. They're mainly wrestlers, so they should run that fight back to see which one's legit, which one's a fraud. But hey, I'm all in. I'm buying all of the Eileen Perez stock. I don't remember Haley Cohen fighting. That happened in <laughs> April. I don't remember that. She fought, I believe, uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie oh, Lynn Simone. I must have been. I must have been busy this day because I, I. I mean, <laughs> listen. There's a lot of guards. There's oh no, a lot we of watched fights, it. A lot of yeah, fighters. I definitely watched this, but I don't. You listen. 
It might what? as well not happen. Yeah. I, well, I, I don't. Yep. Dude, that's crazy because we do so many of these and we, we talk about so many <laughs> cards. I these, Some of these just go right out the window. Like, I don't remember Song Yudong beating Ricky Simone. And that was uh, not that I long don't. ago. Yeah, like, no, I now, now I do because I just looked at it. But, like, I just looked and I saw a card headlined by those two. I'm like, wait, what? I'll tell you, though. I definitely don't really remember Trey Waters and Josh Quinlan. Yeah, games. like I went down some of these like fucking Cody <laughs> Brunnage was getting it. Like, nah, man. Adolfo. Yeah, you know. Uh, I do remember Arena Alex Eva taking Stephanie Eggers' knee out for her body. I do remember that. Also, this is the Marcus McGee card where Marcus McGee was a big underdog. Marcus McGee is fighting J.P. Bays. Just letting you know, Marcus McGee is going to smoke him. Really? Anyway. How about... Uh, how about- Myra Buena Silva getting fifty thousand dollars for a performance of the night. Jack Della Why not? and Hafaez get fifty thousand for a fight of the night, which I, I think that's fair. And yeah. uh, Prado gets fifty thousand for his elimination of Atman Azaitar. Uh, you know, what did you think of Jacob Montalvo getting in there and uh, doing some of these um, early on ones? Did you like his uh, work this uh, evening? Did you like? Chris Tognoni no. getting in there and uh, having to deal with Eileen Perez or Mark Smith just kind of hanging out in there. And, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, we need the, the, the A crew back, had, Yeah, like yeah, I don't like the Keith Peterson, Mark Smith, Chris Tognoni, Jacob Montel. Seems like you can get away with anything when that crew's in there, but grouping uh, of people. But yeah, give me some Mark uh, Jason Herzog. Give me some Jason Herzog, and I, that might be the only ref I like. Yeah, honestly, he is one of the only ones that I really like. Because, I mean, I, I like Herb in title fights because he lets people get murdered. And, and that's always going to be uh, something that I like because he, hey, he'll let you go out in your sword. Hey, man, fight back. The guy's just getting his head pounded off the canvas. You're like, all right. I can't breathe. You're like, all right, Herb, Herb, come on, man. Like, at least he gets it to the point where I'm like, all right, stop it. And he's like, all right, all right well, I'll stop it now. Like, Maybe I, I thought I thought we were fighting. You're like, well, they, they were. I mean, the guy's sleeping now. But... <laughs> Uh, that was UFC Vegas 77. We have an event this weekend. We have Aspinall and uh, Tybora. We will have a full breakdown of that this upcoming uh, weekend, uh, I believe Friday afternoon. Or we might try and pop one Thursday just so that people have more time to view it. We'll see if we, we can make that work. Or maybe we'll pop it out tomorrow. And who knows? You know, We'll figure it out. There's a little bit of boxing gentlemen. also. There is. That, uh, I don't know. There was. There also is. There was and is. Oh, there was. Uh, Frank Martin in the 135-pound division won a uh, disappointing unanimous decision against Artem Haratunian. Oh, that uh, was Artem Lobov. Armenian fella. And then the co-main, Victor Postal, who recently just said that Terrence Crawford's going to smoke Errol Spence. Yeah, fucking right. He got smoked by Elvis Rodriguez, the Dominican kid, is what I believe his nickname is. Um so, yeah, Frank Martin is a definitely – and not to be confused with the Frank Martin who used to coach Kansas State and now coaches South Carolina men's basketball. Uh, not to be confused with him, but he is a pretty good, pr- pretty good prospect at 135. There's a lot going on at 135 and 140 in boxing. Teofimo Lopez retires. Three days later, he's like, no, no, I'm not retiring. I'm fighting Devin Haney. Whoa, wait a minute. Uh, Devin Haney's talking about Shakur Stevenson's ducking him. Shakur Stevenson's talking about he's ducking him. Javante Davis says everybody's ducking me. Oh, wait, Javante Davis just got out of jail. So there's like a lot of moving parts at 135 and 140 in boxing, but there's so much fucking talent. I mean, Lomachenko is still hanging around there. Uh, Frank Martin is one of the guys that's kind of gone under, under the radar. This is a close fight, man. Close, close fight. Uh, but people think he's uh, one of the guys also 
uh, at that 135 pound division that could fight any one of these big names. So that'll be interesting. We also have Naya Inouye coming next Tuesday against Stephen Fault. I can't wait for that one. I cannot wait for that one. Um, That's going to be awesome. It's going to be 8 a.m., so, you know, set your alarms, but that's going to be a good one. Also, this weekend, um, is there any – I thought there was more this weekend, but I could be wrong. I know everything's pretty much shaping up for the 27th, the end of the month, 29th, I think. Uh, Cambosos is getting in there this weekend against Maxi Hughes. Not sure who that is, but pretty much a get-right fight for George Cambosos. Um, And, yeah, there's – I mean, the end of the month, man. Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford. Uh, long show that day, man. I don't even know what I'm going to do for that. August is looking good for boxing, man. Emmanuel Navarrete, Oscar Valdez. That's a banger. It's going to happen in Glendale. Anthony Joshua, Dillian White running the back. Uh, Arthur Betterbev, Calvin Smith, Usyk, and Daniel Dubois. Um, So it's going to be a really good month for boxing. I think MMA as well, uh, specifically the UFC. So let's rock on. And can't wait. I am excited about it. I can't wait for that BMF card and the Alex Pajeda and uh, Jan Blahovich, which has not been officially made a title fight yet, right? I mean, they're kind yeah, of yeah. I think it look it they're appears hinting that it, I, and they're going. I think Mike Bone, if I am correct, if I may, I'm also correct where he works for. I believe he is the one who said that the UFC officials have confirmed it's a three round fight. It's not going to be for a title, and that's just I guess I guess they could change their mind. Uh, nobody would care because I think people want this. You know, Jamal Hill's uh, on one of those scooters, on one of those little things with his knee. Like, he's all fucked up. He's not going to be back for a long time. You know what I mean? So, I also I saw that Paulo Costa got pulled off that card as well. He did. He's not fighting Ikram Alaskarov. I'm not sure what's going on. I, I don't know. There was a fake UFC roster watch that said uh, Paulo Costa got cut, and I think Paulo fell for the bait. So, shout out to that guy who runs that account. Um, also, I saw he he was saying he's going to fight Hamza, but I don't believe that either. I don't know what the deal with Hamza is. Is he just banned from the U.S.? That's what it seems like. I mean, the last time we saw him, he what? He was that in New York when he fought uh, Burns? No, Holland. Well, he, oh. he was he was in the uh, in Florida. I believe that was in Jacksonville when he fought uh, Burns, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't I, I don't really try to get too uh like wrapped up in that. It seems like a bunch of nonsense, so um What are you gonna do? Uh, what are you gonna do, ladies and gentlemen? This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We will have a full episode later on this week to break down the UFC from London from the O two arena. A a classic favorite of the UFC. Uh, this is gonna be UFC Fight Night London, right? I believe is what they're gonna call this. Uh, you never, you never sure. know what they call UFC this London. Shit. There's uh, gonna be all most of the odds on this on that card are like very, very close. So it's which is good. Weird. Yeah, very good. I think it's gonna be a good card. What However, is the uh, main main event? Uh, it's Tom Aspinall, Marcin. No, no, Tamora. I mean like the odds wise. That's uh, uh, oh, oh, minus uh, five hundred. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a bit. That's a bit much for a guy who's coming off of a nasty injury. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean it's this time last year that this was going on, right? Yeah, yeah, almost a year exactly to the day I think when he fought C- Curtis Blades. Yeah, who uh, and it's, it's the, the heavyweight division. It's getting a little interesting, right? You remember it was pretty dead for a little bit, but uh, we have Curtis Blades fighting uh, Jailton Almeida. I believe that's a possibility in Sao Paulo in November. That's big, and then this fight's big. Honestly, Tybor has. If Tybor steals a win here, he's right in the top five, right in the thick of it. I don't think he will. I just think he's limited. You know, but Asmal, this is big for Asmal because he kind of fell behind the eight ball 
with that injury. You know, if he comes out there and beats Curtis Blades, he's probably number one, or he's up there. But he kind of got passed by uh, by Sergey Pavlovich, uh, Jelton Almeida's right there waiting to you know to make a big move. Um, Stipe's probably gone if he loses to John. Right, he's, he's got to be done after that. So you can get him out of division. So I mean, heavyweights, heavyweights getting a little interesting. It's getting a little interesting. So this is a huge fight for Tom Aspinall. Uh, the co-main event. I just, I really hope. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to betting JSP Julia Stoliarenko. But no, I don't know, man. You know, she, you don't think she catches Molly McCann's arms? I mean, she, arms? she definitely could, but I, I just can't Molly McCann's bring myself to do meatball. That. Meatball her way out of any situation and just beat the shit out of Julius. That's, what, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. Is, yeah. She's going to jump out, the, jump over the cage. She's going to fly into the fifth row, and the UFC's going to be like, "Yeah, you can do whatever you want, Molly. We love you so much." You know, Barstool people will probably be there. Sure, everyone's going to be. They're going to be singing in the crowd. It's going to be the best night ever. Like, not for me. I'm going to be very upset. Molly that. inside but, the distance is plus one thirty for the record, but yeah. Well, I'm yeah, not a fan. I can't wait. Pavlo, the Pavlovich Almeida Super Bowl, the the shoulder strikes MMA Super Bowl is uh, is, very, is right on the horizon, man. Uh, we have that's been... that's gonna be up there with Nora Dumont and um, Aaron Blanchfield. That would yeah, be another for the, the one hundred and forty five title. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week. Shoulder strikes uh, later on this week, I should say. Shoulder strikes MMA podcast, and Ty is gonna have a word of wisdom for you on the way out. Don't drink and drive.